Hi, this is a message from Dr. Zaid Fadul, President of the Maricopa County Medical Society's Board of Directors. MCMS is unabashedly in favor of physicians. We will work hard to ensure all physicians have a voice in the future of healthcare in the Valley. Dr. Fadul's goals for 2023 are twofold. One, to rebuild the social fabric and camaraderie of the local medical community. Make friends, connect with others for referrals, and support one another for research and improvements in clinical care. Second, to increase the value of membership. We want to help you to save money, learn about changes in healthcare, and leverage the medical society as a help desk throughout your career. So please join us on this journey. Here are a few ways that you can participate. Host a social event at your practice, clinic, or hospital. Get interviewed for our Arizona Physician Magazine. Share your story on this Arizona Physician Podcast. Tell us what discounts or member benefits you would like to receive. And volunteer for a committee. If you're interested in helping MCMS, then please email us. Send a short message to mcms at mcmsonline.com or call us at 602-252-2015. Thank you. The second thing they look for is medical care. You know, do you have a good hospital in the area? Do you have enough doctors of what our, our employees might need? Well, wouldn't it be good if some of these economic development organizations also contributed so that we could attract good businesses and good jobs to the area, but that we also are saying, you know, there are certain things that are really the responsibility of all of us. Hi, and welcome to the Arizona Physician Podcast. My name is John McElligot, your host for today's episode. And our special guest is Dr. Lori Kemper, who is the Dean of the Midwestern University Arizona College of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, Dr. Kemper, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for inviting me. We wanted to talk about graduate medical education. So I'm wondering if you can give uh, listeners an overview of the programs that you're offering at Midwestern and talk about the pipeline, right? Talk about undergraduate medical education, talk about graduate medical education, and maybe it's the priorities that you set with the specialties that are trained. Okay, so I'll I'll start with what programs we either sponsor or are affiliated with. Mm -hmm. Um, We sponsor, so um, Midwestern University is an ACGME approved sponsor of residencies. We sponsor uh, two residencies at Kingman Regional Medical Center uh, in emergency medicine and family medicine. We sponsor a residency at Birdie Valley Hospital in uh, Cottonwood, and that is their internal medicine program. We sponsor programs down at Canyon Vista in Sierra Vista in family medicine and in internal medicine. We sponsor at, Mount, at Mountain Vista Medical Center in Mesa, a, a surgery, a family medicine and internal medicine program and a GI fellowship. And we sponsor our own uh, osteopathic neuromuscular medicine program at the multi-specialty clinic here on campus. 
Um, that's a one-year program. So it's sort of like a plus one on top of either internal medicine, family medicine, something along pediatrics, something along that line. That's impressive. Um, and those, we actually were sponsors through what used to be called the Osteopathic Postgraduate Training Institute, the Midwestern University Opti. Um, and we've kept all of those programs moving forward into ACGME when there was the single accreditation system starting uh, back in the, in the late teens and early 20s. Um, we also have affiliations with, with programs like the Abrazo programs, um, like Honor Health, we have some affiliations with them. We don't sponsor their programs, but we do have students training within those programs and we, we work with them on some other activities uh, that are associated with their training. So we obviously have students training in their, in their fourth year in auditions at every program in the state of Arizona. Um, but yeah. we look at how do we get third year students up and ready as you spoke about the pipeline so that when they enter the audition rotations, they're competent. And so that when they are ready to go into residency at the end of their fourth year, they're gonna jump in with everyone else. And we, we look at it from the perspective of at, at Midwestern, we try to get our students generally trained by the end of that third year so that we have a lot of primary care type rotations in the third year. Two family medicine rotations, two internal medicine rotations, um, cardiology, because so many, uh, so many people in, in the world have heart disease. Yeah. Um, OBGYN, pediatrics, psychiatry, um, and surgery. So we get them generally trained. And then when they get into their fourth year, hopefully they're, they've got that, that mix of training both in a ward-based rotation or a residency and preceptor-based. And, and the reason we do this is if you go into a residency, you learn how to live in that hierarchy, you learn how to be a medical student and you watch how other people are residents. And it's important to do that but you're not going to be the first assist on a surgery. There are too many people ahead of you. Yeah. Um, in, in a preceptor-based rotation, you're the only person training with that person typically. Mm -hmm. And so you might get to catch the baby. You might be the first assist. You might be the person who um, gets to clean out that ear or you know whatever it is. And so we feel like by doing the combination we have students who have the skills to be residents when, they're, when they become residents. Um, and because so much of our training is primary care driven, including most of our physicians who train in the clinical skills labs, our family physicians or general internists or pediatricians, half of our class goes into primary care. Yeah. And of the other half, uh, the, the specialties that they enter are typically things like emergency medicine, anesthesiology, 
um, psychiatry, things that are needed. Yeah. And because we also require every single student to do a rotation in a rural community with one of our partners, typically. Um, but though we also use rotations in uh, uh, Prescott, and we have some students who will go down to Yuma and do family medicine at their hospital. Um, we have more students who say, gosh, I could do a residency in a rural community. I could practice in a rural community. So we feel like that's a way to, to give people an, an, an example of what it's like to practice in a, in a rural community. And then ultimately, have them consider it. You don't even consider it if you've never seen it. Yeah, exactly. You don't know if that lifestyle is, is conducive to what you've got going on. And right. I, I'm generally very impressed. I, I did not know that, that the GME programs are in places like Sierra Vista, Kingman, you know, Verde Valley and Cottonwood. It's, that's really, is that because it's tied to the mission of Midwestern or just evolved over time or you're filling a gap that wasn't there before? So, we, we don't have it tied to the mission. Our mission is, is really to, to graduate students who are capable of caring for the community and, um, to, and doing it well. I mean, it is not, uh, it's not specific to rural communities. But as we started getting residencies started, you can't start them in places that they already are. Yeah. So where was the biggest open spot? It was in rural communities and people had, you know, it's, it's like with any other bias, it's like they didn't exist. And by, by actually looking at them, you could say, gosh, we could, we could actually train people here, you know, thinking about as an example, emergency medicine in, in Kingman, Kingman is the largest town within many miles until you get out to like Havasu or Vegas, right? Yeah. And so they deal with a lot of trauma. They deal with um, auto accidents, even shootings, unfortunately. Um, it's the experience that students get because there's nothing else around. And then to have to think about beyond even what you're dealing with, I don't have a neurosurgeon here. How can I how can I get this person stabilized to get neurosurgical treatment? So it's yeah. a completely different mindset. And it it creates people who are, I, I think, skilled in ways that you can't get skilled in a in a city where you have every specialist available. Yeah, I see the concept right of um testing your metal. And if you're throwing out there in, into uh some unfamiliar environments you've got to figure that out and, and adapt um well let's take a short break and we'll come back and we'll talk about uh funding issues policy you know residency slots uh, the lack uh of enough generally is what we hear um so we'll take a short break and we'll come back continue our conversation with dean and Lori kemper Interested in CME, patient and professional referrals, networking and connecting with other physicians across the valley, want to be highlighted in our Arizona Physician Magazine and Podcast, or interested in exclusive discounts for your next vacation? 
At MCMS, we offer all of the above to fit your needs as a physician. Join us now. For more info, check us out at mcmsonline.com or give us a call today at 602-252-2015. Welcome back to the Arizona Physician Podcast. Our guest today is Dean Lori Kemper from Midwestern. Dean Kemper, I wanted to ask you about funding. Uh, the lion's share of funding for GME, for residency slots, comes from Medicare. We've been asking doctors whether that should change at all, whether more states, municipalities, private industry, you know, the employers should put up some more money for that. There's some revenue share or some uh, some cost share that's involved anyway, but What's your take on that? Do you think that um, we don't have enough residency slots? We need more in what variety, where, and who would fund them? Okay, so starting out with the with the what do we need? Yeah, um, certainly we do not have enough slots to train all of the medical students who are graduating from Arizona schools right now. Um, when you add in the fact that some people are training outside of the state and are from Arizona, and the fact that there are also people who are coming in who are international graduates, maybe American citizen international graduates, or maybe international graduates uh, who are looking to move to the United States, um, we're not even close. And you add to it that Arizona is, and, and especially in those rural communities, is pretty low on the list of how many physicians we have per 100,000 population. And in certain specialties like OBGYN, there are counties that may have one or no doctors at all. So that's scary uh, because we, we are a rural state. We have you know, high population in two areas of the state. And then the rest of our population is spread all over the place. Yeah. So that comes down to what, what kind of specialties do we need? Um, certainly primary care and surgery are, are very important. OBGYN would be extremely important. Um, we don't have very much in the way of either pediatrics or OBGYN and certain kinds of surgeries like ortho, there's, I think, one program. So to, to look at it and say, you know, could we create more of these programs? Yeah, I think it's important. There, we may not have the capacity to train in certain areas because the requirements by ACGME are, are pretty, um, they say they're not prescriptive, but they are. <laughs> Oh yeah. Certain I'm familiar with accrediting bodies and with the requirements. Yeah. 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 Um, so how do you, how do you fund these things? So uh, the, the neuromuscular medicine program that we have here on campus, we actually self fund. So there is, you, you can do that. Um, but of course it costs Midwestern university money to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, why do we do it? Because we'd like to be able to create our own faculty. Uh, in that particular area where there's a shortage of uh, faculty who can train in, in osteopathic manipulative medicine. But additionally, and you're right, the lion's share of the funding is coming from Medicare. And I think it's a confusing, very old standard as to how it's done. And 
many programs are locked into the number of, of people that they were training in the nineties. Yeah. And, um, you know, you have a direct and an indirect component and the indirect component makes no sense whatsoever. So could it be done in a more efficient and appropriate manner and allow growing states to increase the number of residencies? It could. I think a lot of times people are very afraid to open up anything with Medicare because you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, we um, at least count people every 10 years in a census and we know right. the population has changed <laughs> Exactly, and, and Arizona has grown. Right. Right. Um, the other thing that, that uh, or the other method of, of uh, funding is Medicaid. So access does fund uh, to a certain extent, some of the programs, but it, it, it's like they had to apply in a certain way in a certain time that could have been made more simple. Yeah. Um, because it probably should have been spread out over all hospitals that, that care for patients who are on access. Um, so that, that's another place of funding. Okay. I think cities should be able to think about funding. Um, when they have a hospital, they've got a lot of individuals living in the city paying taxes. Yeah. Um, when they have a medical school, I mean, I think about the fiscal implications of having Midwestern here in Glendale in what used to be a dump. They used to just, people just drove by and dropped off their refrigerators mm-hmm. on this land. Wow. And now we have a beautiful campus that employs like over 800 people just on this campus alone. And then you bring in 3,800 students and their families. Yeah, that the tax having, revenue, the support yeah. for all the local businesses and everything. Yeah, right. the infrastructure involved. Right. So it would be nice to see cities providing a grant toward uh, a pool that Arizona would create that would care for uh, training residents in, in specialties that are needed. I mean, yeah. Maybe we don't need a ton of plastic surgeons, but we do need ophthalmologists and no ophthalmologists are being trained here. We need ENT doctors. And I, I don't know. I don't think there's an ENT residency in the state of Arizona. Okay. Um, you know, so could we, could we get some funding that way? I think that's possible. Okay. I, I used to joke that what we could do is, is have uh, residents get sponsors and then, just like NASCAR, they'd have a little patch. You know, I, I thought that cardiologists could be funded by Land O'Lakes right. <laughs> because yeah. they contribute to the patient base. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's just a joke, but, but really all of us need physicians. And when companies move into, when you look at how, how Arizona or the, or the county or the city attract businesses. Businesses look for uh, a couple of different things. One thing is good schools because they attract the best employees who can put their children in good schools. Mm -hmm. The second thing they look for is medical care. You know, do you have a good hospital in the area? Do you have enough doctors of what our, our employees might need? Well, wouldn't it be good if some of these economic development 
organizations also contributed so that we could attract good businesses and good jobs to the area, but that we also are saying, you know, there are certain things that are really the responsibility of all of us. Yeah. And, you know, students, medical students, they're, they're giving up four years of their life to get through medical school and another three to seven years of their life to get through a residency. Can we all support that and say, ultimately, they're going to give care to all of us. And maybe the, maybe the medical student has to say, and I'm going to give away a certain amount of care. Realistically, most of us do anyway. I mean, when I had my own practice, it was somewhere between a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars a year that I I never was off. able to collect. I had to right, write it right. off. And when you write it off in a in a service business, you can't even take it off your taxes. Yeah. So, you know, from that perspective, what if we said the ultimate payback is you're going to give away some care, and you're going to accept that because mm-hmm. it's it it is over a whole lifetime. Right. That a physician, you know, serves. So. Or the city of Phoenix or the city of Glendale or Scottsdale or Anthem or whatever, right? They, they decide to um, provide funding for your education, your training. Maybe they'll say, give us like the Purdue University model. Give us 5% or 2% or something of your salary for a little while. We'll help you to get a job. We'll help you to train you, get your housing, like support that whole thing. But yeah, we, we need some either free time or we need some money in exchange for that later on right. to see that that you're going to stay here as well. We don't want you to, to train you and put the investment and then you leave and go to California. Right. Well, and I don't know if you know anything about Wichi, the Western Interstate College of Higher Education. No. They have partial scholarships that it, now they don't, it doesn't go to MDs because they're, when they started it, there was U of A. So people could go to U of A who were from Arizona. Uh, they couldn't go to a DO school. When I went to Kirksville, I went to Kirksville because there was no DO school in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, so DO students can get about $28,000 per year toward their tuition in Arizona. And a couple, if they're from Arizona, a couple other schools outside of Arizona, as long as they come back to Arizona, the $28,000 a year is forgiven. If they practice in Arizona, one year for 28,000. Well, if you're from Arizona, why wouldn't you want to come back here? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if I had had that opportunity, I would have jumped on it. Like you cannot believe, I mean, I had a national health service course scholarship and they paid for my medical school and I paid them back by practicing in South Phoenix. Yeah. So it, it, it was great. It was great for me. And it was great for filling a need where there were only, there was only the one clinic at around seventh Avenue. And I practiced on the East side and, you know, to do that in, in repayment for medical school was awesome. Mm -hmm. You got to work somewhere and might as well go there and and you're guaranteed to see a lot of patients. Right. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So I think there are ways that we haven't thought of that, yeah. um, that we could tap into 
Uh, something like the Witchy program might be might be a way to fund residencies. Um, but we'd have to get a bunch of people together to contribute to it, a bunch of organizations, maybe some foundations. Yeah. Well, let me ask, sort of close this conversation with a, a question about those next steps. Do you speak with the other deans about this? Um, does it come up when you're speaking with foundations or other supporters? And and what are some of those ideas kicked around, even at the state legislature or in conversations with these uh, economic development groups? Do those conversations happen already or that we're not quite there yet? I don't think we're quite there yet. And in fact, um, one of the things that I, I'm feeling like we need to do is to get all the deans together. Remember, there was only U of A for decades, yeah. right? And then there was U of A and Midwestern for a decade because we started in the mid nineties and then U of A Phoenix and, and Soma came in, in around 2007, 2008. And then, you know, Mayo and Creighton and all of those later. So I think it's time for us to think about pulling all of the deans together. And I would be happy to sponsor that here to, to host it. That'd be and awesome. so that's, I think, a first step. I think yeah. we all need to talk about how do we share in creating GME and how do we share in uh, and cooperate as to third year rotations? Because if we have to kick our students out of the state, we're wasting a resource for Arizonans. Exactly. Well, I look forward to hearing about the GME summit or whatever it's going to be <laughs> to come out to Midwestern and, and buy some food from local restaurants and support city of Glendale. And you've got a partner in the medical society to connect students with practicing physicians as mentors or to just share with everyone about what's happening. Um, I thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on the show, Dr. Dean Kemper. Yeah, thank you. This production is brought to you by Maricopa County Medical Society. MCMS is increasing value for physicians throughout the valley. For more info, check out mcmsonline.com or simply give us a call at 602-252-2015. Helping physicians be the best they can be.